0: up looks new and fresh coming off the ass end of a cold everyone's sick right now yeah i know i was sick bad we have like five guys on our team that had the flu a couple guys that train here had the flu yeah it's running around yeah, we,
1: just, we were just talking the other day how uh, my wife and i were talking the other day how i haven't been sick like anything for a long time yeah there you and go. then it was two days later i'm sitting there
0: yeah i know no know. so interesting how you get sick how it throws you off eh oh uh. So man, I, I'm hit, well. I'm actually fired up. I get to go to jujitsu tonight because I haven't been for two weeks. Yeah, I was gonna ask you that because I was sick. Yeah, for a week and a half, and you can't go there sick. Yeah. And then uh, we're out of town. We're in New York.
1: I've got a thing. For the weekend. Not I wasn't uh, dissing your jujitsu thing, kind of thing. Remember last year or the year before when I had a cold or something like that? I kept asking, "Is it, it smells like Freon yeah. or something yeah. like that?" Yeah. Chemically. I've got that again. Really. The last couple of days. Really. It's just when I get sick and then it goes away. Weird. It's a weird thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't smell that. So. so I was
1: wondering when back in the COVID days, if it was uh people lost their Sense taste, of smell. Smell and taste. If yeah. that's a, a thing with it, it might be.
0: Maybe. I've been noticing. It's a
1: weird taste. Like I was drinking the biosteel and I'm like, tastes like, I, I threw like a year and a half ago, I threw a whole bunch out. I'm like, it's, it's, it's garbage, but it was me. Yeah. I was garbage. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're garbage, Andy.
0: I, uh... <clears throat> Because I've noticed too, just getting sick since then, yeah. things that, I don't ever remember things hitting me as heavy. Really? Like I haven't last, noticed. Since 2020, when I've I've gotten sick, it's been a lot tougher. Really? Like a the common cold. It's just like a harder cold. You know, it affects I me for longer. I haven't noticed for myself. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Powertech Online Membership Program. If you've been listening to Andy and I wondering, hey, how are they able to get all this podcast content out there? Well, that's because of our members. For just $9.99 a month, you can get access to our online video library, including hundreds of videos of Coach Andy teaching and have the option for consultation calls with Andy or myself to go over anything you need. We can cover training, nutrition, coaching, parenting, agents, the junior college hockey path, whatever's of interest to you. You'll also be able to participate in our popular Ask Me Anything episodes, have access to special discount codes, and be given priority for any PowerTech in-person camps or events. If you like what we're doing here and you want to support us, this is the best way to do it. Visit PowerTechHockey.ca/slash/memberships, or find the link in the description of this video to learn more. So, as I said, I was in New York on the weekend, which was what a trip—eight-hour bus ride. Jesus. <laughs> got back. You know what time I got to bed? You told me. Did I? Yeah, four. I was I was in my house at four. Got to sleep around five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So that'd be Sunday morning around five o'clock. What a grind! Because we drove right back after late game or later game Saturday. Um. So that was fine. We went there for a showcase. So it was, so right where
1: was it, Schenectady? Is that what it was?
0: Yeah, that is where it was, which is right by Albany, for people that don't know-ish. Um, yeah. um. So it was right next door to Union College and RPI, which are two- and RPI two, is in the same area? Like, it's like- That's 50, Albi- Albany, right? Albany, yeah. 15 yeah. minutes opposite directions from where our hotel was, yeah. So uh, we had the choice- Some of those colleges you don't really hear a whole lot about, eh? No. What's weird is they're Unless all you're in tune with it all. They're all like in the same area, like they're really not very far. So um, between New York and those coast more coastline teams, it's not that far. No. to get around, so no. it's not well, like there's
1: a bulk of the population out there too, right? Yeah,
0: it's not they're, they're not flying all over the place, generally speaking, to, to play each other, you know. Um, so anyhow, and they kind of stick with their own conference. Yeah. They won't cross over until later in the playoffs, as far as I'm aware. Uh, we're a little disconnected from college. So we try to keep up and know what's going on over there, but it's not the same as it being right involved with it. But, uh, anyways, we're there. So we had the choice on the Friday to either go to see, well, we had three choices. We could have not gone to a game, but we went to, I think it was our, the game that we ended up going to is union college versus Harvard or the same night RPI. I think they were playing Dartmouth. So we went to the union Harvard game cause Harvard, big name. Right. So you go, man, you go to this college, the campus. So this, this school, I'm going to fact check myself, but I was hearing that Union College, like a lot of those old schools was built in like the 1700s. I so think you're right. I want to look this up right now. One was Union College. Yeah. 1795. I was going to say 91. college. So the, the buildings, just the campus super cool because so all the buildings are super old yeah. well, um, is
1: it, was it a, like i i don't i could be on a college campus right now i wouldn't know it is it a
0: big campus or not really no? it seemed we didn't go through the whole thing and then there's some depending on which university or college you're at some of them will have buildings that are off campus so they have their main little kind of neighborhood of buildings and then there might be some off like university of windsor they have the campus by the bridge but then there's like a couple of the centers are down, more downtown. So they have related pieces. But uh, for the most part, it's all, it seems like it's all kind what of What type of school within.
1: is union? What is the focus on? I
0: don't know. I'm not sure. Because I know like RPI is a, a polytech institute, which is just technology type stuff. So it's not clear to me exactly what, if they specialize in anything in particular. Um, but like different schools are known for different things. So I'm sure there's something. But I could And I could look it up, but I don't really think it matters too much. It's Not probably, for this conversation, to be honest. No, oh, well, actually, it, it ends. It, it is right here. Highly selective liberal arts college. Yeah, they do have engineering there too. But one of their one of their they're ranked one of the top colleges, whatever. So, anyways, super old school, which is cool. We went to the rink, and the rink was old school, which was sick. So it was an old dome kind of barn, really echoey. Everything is wood, with the uh with the union colors. So So we went so character coming out its ass. Oh yeah, Yeah. oh yeah. Like it was great. I had I took a video of it. I sent you one video of it uh, because it felt almost like uh, the old Windsor Arena kind of feel, but a little bit not as dirty, (laughs) not as not as grimy. So a little bit it was a little bit tighter in terms of like the cleanup of it. So there's probably thirty five hundred people, four thousand, maybe not four, but maybe between three and four, I would say um, that were there, full house, which is cool, and they're just. It's like a small town, like it's same thing. It's not a ton of, it's a university town. There's not really much else around. When you get more to the Albany side, I'm sure there's more going on there, but. I think Albany's the capital. I'm not, I don't know, but Albany. You know, I'm
1: wrong. I might be right.
0: I don't know, but Albany would be more like a major city. So it's kind of like Albany and Syracuse are like the two major cities. There's about, a, I think an hour, hour and a half between the two. And then Union is a little off Albany, kind of in the middle of. Would be like a county kind of from my, what I could tell. Maybe I'm wrong, but this is kind of what it seemed like. Um, anyhow, so we watched Union play Harvard, which was unreal. So they have the whole thing—the band, the student section, the whole college experience—and man, I'm just a college guy. Like I am just a college guy. There's nothing, nothing better for me than you go to the campus. And and to your point, you talked about before how some of them it's too much for me. It's, me it's too much. Too much. Yeah. yeah, this is like not. I even think for you it wouldn't be too much. Unless the band and stuff is too much, but the building, the amount of people that are there,
1: I think it's like 7 or 8,
0: whatever. If you if yeah, whatever it is. So it's usually more than OHL for some of the big schools, right? On average. So they they would all be in the same if you go to Michigan or whatever, it'd be the same as maybe going to see like London Knights where it's packed house like that. And a lot of those Big 10 schools are probably like that. Um the major hockey schools at least. But this was nice cuz it was more like uh OHL size and style. So it didn't feel like too much. The rink wasn't too new. It didn't have all of the yeah, brand new old, everything. That
1: old rink is, is,
0: uh, I like the old rinks. Yeah. It gives
1: you a different, it's a lot of character.
0: Yeah. So that was the vibe that you got being there, which is cool. Um, and then the game itself, it's just, these guys are just so good, man. And they're good in a different way than when you go watch an OHL game the way that I was describing it to you which was the same as when I was playing it's there's no difference but it's like everything everything was just hard like it's just a hard game like they play like their passes are hard they hit hard everybody's feet are moving all the time they're on pucks fast everything about it is just fast hard heavy game without fighting they don't fight there's no fighting so it was really interesting to watch and to watch my guys watch like our team watch and see what the actual level of these players are. The average player. Even that the the bottom end of the lineup guys that didn't get a lot of ice, they all are still on the same page of, you know, the heavy, the hard, good passing kind of teams. Um and it's the the biggest thing that I notice is the consistency through the lineup with respect to that. You know? So I know I don't know how much we've talked about before, I don't know how much college you pay attention to, but I wanna kinda of talk about some of the differences, some of the similarities, and how to build a good college-style versus OHL-style player or if they're the same and what kind of what the differences are between those two because those are the main options that people talk about between CHL and NCAA. So first, I want to get your thoughts on, let's say, the college game in general, and then maybe you can do a little bit of a comparison to uh, the OHL and kind of how you feel about those two things and we'll kind of see where we go. So I there. can't
1: really... I, honestly, I can only hear what other people... I can really say it to other people here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's a sentence or not. Yeah, sure. But, but yeah, because I've, I've been to Notre Dame, Miami, uh, Michigan. Um, like to watch Notre, games? Yeah. In person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've been to like maybe six. And and uh, I thought the hockey was good. I thought it was very good, obviously. Um, st- from a style, I, I, I can't really remember the difference of the of the style, to be honest with you. But one thing I did notice was it was an older league. So you get older players, you're going to be, be, you know, it might, it might be faster, it might be harder and in some ways. Yeah. could be, uh, it's a more mature player, right? So that's the one thing I noticed for sure. Um, and then I think it's a very, very, very structured because of the amount of practice that you get. So I yeah. think that's one thing that that's you might. Sure. Have, that's a good point, actually. One thing that you might have noticed is that, and that's I, I think that's what I would say when from what I saw, it was like very, very, very structured. That's Almost kind of like a, that's kind of a
0: good way. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. That's kind of what I, like,
1: was, I, I could say the same thing in a lot of, with a lot of OHL teams is that you could see that there's a certain way it's played. Um, you know, like some teams are like really stretch it or some will do like, uh, push on possession. Like it's, you get possession and they pop out and everybody goes. But I found that in college, it was like a lot more systematic. And I think that it's, and I could be wrong, but I think it's more of a function of they've get heavy, heavy, heavy on the practice and, the, and they, you know, their schools are in the class and they're in the video and it's, and, and they have a, I think a lot of staff that are assigned to, uh, each end, end of the bench and special teams and stuff like that. So I think, I think it's a more systematic game and I could be wrong. That's what I, that's what I remember of it. And then being older and having the amount of practice, like you can, can work power play all day, <laughs> right? Like when they're out of school, you know, they could, that ice is there for them and stuff. So um, I think that was probably the biggest thing.
0: So, okay. So then this, I want to kind of talk about that a little bit. So, from the practice perspective, because even when I was, that's probably a better way of putting it. I think it's a more mature game because it's an older league, and that like I'm looking, I got unions, uh, thing right here. Their oldest guys in ninety eight, right? So what's what's a ninety eight right now? That'd be twenty six. That's their oldest guy. That's, that's twenty six. Yeah, that's 98. So then, they have two ninety no three ninety nines. So that's twenty fives, and then everyone else is a two thousand to two thousand. Their youngest guys a two thousand three right? So 23, is, that's a 21 year, that's your youngest guy. So they don't have any, unless this is not correct, but I'm assuming it is correct. They don't have any, there's no true freshmen on this, on this team. Uh, that would be coming in at, at 18. Their youngest guy's 21. So that's obviously a huge difference. And then from the structure perspective, because I agree with you, this is exactly how it was when I was playing university, even in Canada, it's the same thing. Cause we have all the ice and this age is the same because everyone's starting at 20 or older for the most part. So Some of the big hockey schools in the States, they would have the true freshman types because they're getting the high, high, high end guys to commit. But most of those schools, it'll be older, same as in Canada. And that's what I recognize. Like, I always say this about university and it wasn't just our team, but when, where we played, we didn't have the extreme high end talent on our team. So we would systems other teams to death. That would be the, that would be our way to win. If we were going to win, it was going to be grind them down and just system them to death. Which I think is pretty common in the college game, and I think it's a, a lot of that is because of the age gap, where guys are just better at executing instructions when they're in their 20s now, as opposed to 16 to to 20. Uh, because when we talk about the amount of practice time, I like, I don't know that it would be that different than the OHL necessarily. Like they play more games, but I feel like they're on the ice the same kind of amount as as the college guys would be. Is that is that yeah, fair just, to say it, or no?
1: Uh, you have. It's just different. Like you in the, in the CHL, you might have a game or two on. a – Might have a, a, a not every week. It's mostly a weekend league, but you might have a Thursday game. Like some some teams are on a Thursday, some are on a Tuesday. Yeah. So that, that takes wipes out, out a practice, practice or two true, because true. you have to have a day. There's a mandatory day off in there. So I I think the real realistically, you have in the OHL three for sure three practices per week. And then sometimes four, sometimes
0: five. But that's typically. Yeah, we're co- college. You're you're almost. And you're playing, four. And, and you're
1: playing, like it's for sure double the games. So, not every practice can be balls out. It could be a light skate sometimes because you played a three and three or something like that. So, you know, so that's that's a little bit different too. And then one thing about college, so this is this might be another thing. You know, I talk sometimes about when guys are on the ice too much, it shows. And so when I, have, when I have kids on the ice and they're on, on the ice all the time, all the time, it's like it's hard to get them at 100%, yeah. like energy level, because it's just like I, I'll go on tomorrow and, you know, I'll go another 80%. And I think that might be something in the college game, and I don't know, but if you're limited to 26, 28 games, 34 games, that's spread out two games a weekend. Those two games, you're jacked. Right. Like you don't want to have a bad game. No one wants to have a bad game. But there's little room for error. There's less complacency, there's less right. complacency right. for sure. So
0: whereas the oh, I just looked 68, OHL sixty-eight, plus 68 right? Plus so that's yeah, like double. Double. Yeah, double. That's like double the games. Yeah. You know, so, so that's, you might that's have a really and bruises. You might
1: be the bus rides. The, you know, it's, it's it's, it resembles the National Hockey League a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, in the NHL, that's what the coaches say all the time, right? It's it's so hard to make corrections to our team when we don't practice enough. You can only Work on things for so long because even the the um, the union, the players association, mandates that they're only allowed to be at the rank for so long. So, so I think that makes a big difference. If you can get four quality practices a week, two games, and there's a rest day most likely in the colleges, then I think you can get pretty jacked up for your two games on the weekend, and it's executed very very well. So you're looking forward to that game. Like it's not like you have a you know if I lollygag it a bit it's like
0: there's There's another one you gotta you gotta make sure yeah there's less of that just a thought because i'm well i'm I'm thinking even of like the the travel schedule so like maybe this isn't that different than what it'd be for the ohl but just this is the this is the ecac conference right which on the map it doesn't look that far like i guess princeton to clarkson would kind of be the farthest road trip which looks like it's a hike but i know for in the ohl the the travel part of it i feel like would be a lot more demanding than than this on average, because most of these like this is also split into kind of two divisions. So I think, yeah, like I think on it's kind of like this side or the top or together, um whatever the top five six teams, and then the other ones are on on the other division. So I think the travel time is not as is not quite as demanding. um But those are all things that factor into why, to your point that that game is is just a harder game. It seems like a harder game. But I think the biggest factor that that kids need to recognize and understand is that age difference and how much different, uh, how much different a 20 year old hockey player is than a 16 year old. It's just so much different. Cause you're probably, you talked about this last episode, how you don't really settle into the kind of player you're going to be really until you're like 18, 19 or so. Um, and it's important to know that that, that difference where now you're playing as an adult where you're 20 21 up until you're 26, even with some of these guys, it's just way different, like the maturity level and your ability to execute your size and strength, all of that, coupled with the fact that you have less games, the intensity of the game was just really jumping out to me over what I noticed with, with OHL in particular, but probably CHL uh, more broadly, because they're not kids anymore, you know? So in the in the OHL, you might have the odd guy that's a man, but most of them are, they're just kids. Like last year's a braiding guy that was on... Charlie seemed like there's a man full beard. This guy's he's grizzled up. Arbor, he's, when he's he a was man in, playing uh,
1: his overage year, yeah, he looked right? like he was 30.
0: Yeah, but then you look at guys that are coming in at 16, like that's that's your you're just starting to yeah. hit your prime. Well, and, and, at and 16,
1: the opposite is true too. If you're playing college hockey at 25, 26, you're kind of in your prime, like you will probably not get a whole lot better than that, right? Whereas an OHLer at 19, 20, he's just He's just getting there,
0: right? And that's what's interesting with a lot of these college guys. A lot of them ne- will never go on and play. Just like the OHL, it's not different. But a lot of them will never go on to play any better level than this. And I'm watching this game like, wow, these guys are good. Wow, these guys are good. And they ain't going like a lot of them. Almost well, all of them are not the going to be going anywhere.
1: Is most of them are going no,
0: like not nowhere. Most of them are not having a career in hockey. Exactly. Some are. Exactly. Some are. And they're unreal. All of them. It just like on the their individual skill set, I always talk about this with respect to development. Like You need to be able to take your individual skills for granted so that you're not thinking about it and you can just play the game now and just worry about executing and to do the game part. None of these guys have to think about their passes. None of them have to think about their skating. None of them have to think about their puck handling, their shooting. Everybody rips it. Everybody can handle the puck. Everybody can skate. Everybody four checks hard. Everybody back checks hard. Everyone knows their assignments. It's just, it's amazing to watch how elite level these guys are, while also knowing that they're not gonna move on. You know? So
1: if you just think about that, okay. So the max is I don't know if that is that the
0: age limit in uh US college is twenty-six. Twenty-six. I don't I don't know that there's actually a rule on how old you can be. In Canada, like you could in theory come back when you're 30 if you haven't already played your four or five like you have four or five years of eligibility and then that's all. So once you play that, you have to either change school, or Just from a development standpoint,
1: like when people, this is something people should always think about, like when you're, we'll go in 10 year increments, right? 10 to 16. So that would be 10 to, you could be eligible for CHL at 16 years old. So think of the improvement you made in hockey. Like obviously from not playing at all or very little to practicing and getting out on the ice and then you practice a little bit more and you play games and you get a little bit older, a little bit stronger. Your reps get more, blah, blah, blah. You know, from 6 to 8, 8 to 10, there's huge improvements. 10 to 12, 14 to 16. Just think of that gap of how much you've improved. A lot of people get, when they are doing their development, they can kind of go, they can look at someone three years ahead of them and they go, man, I got a long way to go. Or um, can't imagine what their hockey could be. Because like, let's say they get to the OHL or CHL that first year and it's like, it's fast, it's hard. It's like, yeah, but it's like you're playing four, sometimes five years older than you. You have to imagine, that's why you have to continue to do the work and understand that. So you take the 26 year old college guy. That's another 10 years. That's another 10 years of development. So that's what I always try to explain to people. It's like, that's what I mean by being 13, 14, 15, 16 and saying, oh man, like my shot needs to get better. So like, yeah, that's fine. Your shot needs to get better. You have, Ten years to make it better. Like if you worked on shooting and different types of shooting and and hiding the puck and all these different things and, and spent ten years at it, you will have a good shot, right? It's if you it could be a better skater. That's why that development thing is if you just put the time in for a long period of time. At some point, everything comes to a head, and you if you put the work in, you will be what you are, what you can be, and with that is the working out and getting stronger, right? So if you do that for, that's why the, the looking long term is really really important when people are looking at what type of player they're going to be. It's really not what you are at 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. You know, there's a lot of kids that I always ask this question. Like it's it's amazing to me how, you know, I've said this probably several times on the on the podcast. How many kids could come out of the uh, the CHL, never drafted, right? And they put up points. They were playing. You know, i I there was a I I'm not gonna use their names right now. Well I will. I'll say Logan Morrison, for example. How did he go through the OHL putting up points? So I'm like, what is his gap? It's so he's like he's he's his fourth year in the he played in overage, so underage, overage. So it's five years, minus a COVID year. How did how did he not get drafted? He's putting up points, he plays, he's I don't see a problem with his skating. He competes. Like, what is it? And then he goes through the league and then over his year, he signs with someone. It's like, okay, someone saw it. But it's amazing to me how someone didn't see it for such a long time. And there's like countless guys that end up going,
0: you know? Yeah, for sure. What, one thing I'm I'm kind of thinking about too, how people don't realize how much time there actually is because it feels like a rush, particularly in Ontario or in Canada, because 16 is your first real chance at getting a door open for you. And in out west, it's even it's 15. It's the year even before that where they can get drafted, right? Um, and it's funny. I was talking to a dad yesterday on one of these calls because they were talking about the talking to me about the academy, and I was saying to him like, or well, I guess he kind of brought it up. How you know? I know it's it's important that we pack all this stuff in because 16, you know, it's a really important year, and people are really trying to make sure their kids are ready for 16 and and this kind of thing. And I was explaining to him with the the academy model that we're looking at. It's like, we're trying to make it so that people don't feel that you don't feel like you have to be 100% ready at 16. And if you're not, you don't have a chance, you know, and that's why the U18 program is there because in the States, if your goal is to go to NCAA, you're not making a choice until you're 19 or 20 anyways, you know, unless you're the exceptional underage yeah. kid that's a true yeah. freshman in high a conversation school with you know Mike Snee, who
1: is, uh, he runs the uh, Ho- college hockey inc we were having that conversation which we were he was asking me about my kid i said yeah for because we're in canada like the ohl is where he's probably leaning and uh, i said that uh, most likely you know whatever he goes i was just talking about the decision making and he understood it all he goes you know it's so funny if we if you lived next door to me in minnesota because you would not be thinking anything like that you'd just be playing at the whatever level because you have so much time to make a different decision. And that's good and bad like whatever like in Canada this is what we it, mostly what we do and it's great. It's awesome. But it's like it, what he was saying to your point was they have the North American League they have U18 which is still a really good hockey. Um North America League, the USHL, they have different junior leagues. It's just a matter of continuing to play because they're all scouted, right? And um, yeah, so someone that's 16 is not the end of the world
0: at all. And I like the idea that they get that opportunity early as well. That's not that that's a bad thing. but the negative part of it to me is when kids feel like it's over now because it didn't happen right when they're 16. I was that's what I was saying to this dad yesterday. I'm like, this is their they're just starting to get into their growth, you know. Now when you're one of the things that kind of masks it I think is if you look at yourself between six years old and 16 years old, the growth is so obvious, right? Because you're, you're getting taller, you're getting bigger. You're becoming, you're becoming an adult. You're on track to be an adult around 18. Let's say you're probably not going to get too much taller for players for, for, that's would be for boys. Yeah. That'd be for, for boys, for girls. I think it'd be a little bit sooner than that, but for the guys at 18, Okay, you're you don't really get much taller. So you could kind of there could be an illusion there where you feel like, okay, 18, I'm kinda done. But now I'm just I'm showing you the roster and it's like there's 26 year olds on this team, there's 25 year olds, 24 year olds. That's still another four or five years that you can be developing where you hit your prime. Cause it's the average age, like in the NHL, the average age age of the player is now twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, something like that. Right? Early, early mid mid twenties, I'd say. And for guys to say they're in their prime as a player, it's probably that 25 Yeah, I, I actually area.
1: think that, I don't know 100%, but I've heard it a couple of times that the actual prime of a player is like 27, 28. So that's when you okay, kind of peak.
0: Interesting enough, because I was, I, was I was actually listening to Gary Roberts' podcast the other day, which by the way, guys, <laughs> if you want to listen to a good podcast about becoming a player, I was, I was going to mention this to you actually, I forgot. It was on Ben Pakulski's podcast, which is Mus- Muscle Intelligence Podcast. He's a Canadian bodybuilder. He did a podcast with Gary Roberts just recently. What a what a podcast. Awesome, awesome listen. Uh, and he was talking about how the average age is that's getting younger. I was going to say cuz guys get contracts. And- yes. So so maybe that's true but your prime still in terms of your body output, let's say it's mid 20s. So even at 18 when you're physically maybe your growth has stopped in terms of your height, maybe even your weight, your body composition can change a lot. The amount of muscle to fat ratio can still change a lot. All of those things can still change, even though structurally your body could look similar when you're 18, as it does when you're 25. Like for me, when I was 18, I'm, I'm still the same height and about the same weight as when I was, when I was, uh, 18 right now, you know, I'm 29. So for, for all these guys, and if I could explain how much, like way better shape I was in when I was in college at 20, what would have been 25 when I was my last year, 24 in my last year. So I'm 24 years old. I'm in way better shape than when I was 18. I'm way better at hockey than when I was 18. I can play and execute way better than when I was 18. But I am physically about the same as when I was 18. You know, so there's an illusion that the growth stops when it doesn't stop around that time. So it's important for people to understand, especially in Ontario, because we put so much emphasis on that 16-year-old year, that there's option beyond that. And there's a ton of development years that go on beyond that. Yeah, a lot. a lot you know of mean? it
1: comes down to ego, right? Like and I get it. Like obviously you get it. You want to be the best 16 year old. You if you're gonna go, if you would like to play in the CHL, and you could get drafted first or top five picks, like that's that's awesome for the ego. That probably tells maybe sends a message that look out, here comes a future NHLer, right? It sounds a lot better than being drafted in the seventh round or ninth, right? Um, so no different than the NHL, right? If you're drafted in the first round or drafted at all. But if you're drafted in the first top 10 or something, it's like, okay, this kid's got a future, but a lot of things still can change. Right. So yeah. Anyways,
0: one note too, this will be for people that always ask us about goalie stuff. Uh, Cause I, again, uh, just a caveat, I'm not a goalie. I know nothing about being a goalie, but I was having this conversation with a goalie yesterday because they were asking about what do they do their next few years. And for goalies, they're automatically on a later development track just because of the nature of their position so there's only two goalies on a team which is way less players there's less goalies people that want to be goalie which makes up for some of that but there's only two spots on every team if you're a goalie those guys <clears throat> on <clears throat> on average if you look at the average age of a goalie in the OHL it's a few years older so for yeah, typically. so it's a few it's a few years older so what I was saying to the goalie that I was talking to yesterday is you might your starting years as a elite goalie, and you could probably speak to this in the OHL. Mm. Most starting goalies are in their fourth or overage year in the OHL, right? Yeah. Third, fourth, okay, yeah, or overage um, year. Unless you're in Mississauga. That's most of the got starters. Two young, unbelievable goalies.
1: Yeah, okay. Unbe- yeah. yeah I know. Exceptions. Yeah. Okay, so just, yeah, yeah I just there's them the exception, them right? there,
0: you know. Yeah. 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 But for the, for the most part, they're going to be third, yeah, fourth, fifth year goalies be, as the starters.
1: Yeah, gonna... when, when I think when the organization actually trusts you. That you've you know you you've backed up or you played, you know, maybe fifteen to twenty percent of the games, or dressed not even played that many, just dressed some and practiced a lot and got bigger stronger and got some coaching and stuff. Yeah, your first year you're gonna get some, maybe. Second year you're probably still a backup goalie, and by your eighteen year old year, like draft eligible year, you could be a starter. You might not be, but you don't need to have four or five. It, that's the same with a player. You Don't need four or five really,
0: really good years. You need a couple to say, okay, this, this kid could play now. This is exactly my point. So the mindset of a goalie should be, and for some it's not. And this is what I was explaining to this player yesterday. Is like, you're looking at when you're 19, you want to be starting on a high-end junior team. That's what your goal should be. If that's your goal, you know? It's not, I should be starting now and I'm way behind and I'm no good because I'm not there yet and all this stuff because it's just naturally different for goalies. So for a 16-year-old goalie who maybe they don't get drafted or whatever, it's like, yeah, you still have three more years that you could, before you need to kind of be somewhere that's important if you care about having a career in hockey. So the nature of the position, they already should be in that delayed mindset of 19 is kind of my year. Whereas... Players don't have that they're thinking 16 is my year because that's the draft in Ontario as you take three steps over the border and they're in the 19 year old mindset that the goalies have in Ontario or should have you know so I wanted to draw that comparison because I said this to the goalie I was talking about saying it to his dad yesterday and before the kid was there for the conversation he's like you need to tell my kid that because I've never heard that before for goalies and it's just like yeah man you should know that you should know that it doesn't have to be today but it's the same message for players. It doesn't have to be today, even though it feels like it's 16. You have your two, three years before. It's really your last chance now to get somewhere. That's kind of 1920. That's what it is. Your commitment year, or or whatever, if school is of interest to you. You know, so you have instead of thinking of it as 16 is my chance, it's like I have multiple chances. You know, I have 16 as a chance. That's an opportunity. Or 15, if you're uh, out west. Then you have when you're. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, all of those years could be a chance to be seen for either an OHL team, because that happens, or for college. So, like They're not looking, looking until a player. they're 19, 20. Uh,
1: I, I, I go a lot of ways with this. I'm, look, I'm thinking of a player. Uh, I, I don't want to say his name right now because I don't want, I don't, I, I, I would like to because I, it's a compliment to him, but I don't want to because I, I wouldn't want him to think that um, I didn't think he was good before. But, so anyways, big boy. This kid's a big boy. And for, so they've played. He's at 0-4. He's played as long as his, He's in his third year as well, same as my kid. And like big, and good. But I'm like, if I was that big, like he, like he's so big and 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 skilled. Where's the grit, man? Where is your grit? And and I would say like easy to play against, man. Easy to play against. This year, started putting the puck in the net. And I've watched him probably, uh, well, We they've played them four or five times already, four, three, four times. Now he's physical. And the physicality has changed his game big time. And now he's on the draft list. But I always was interested in seeing him. I'm like, was, there's a tool set there that with the size, like he's got to learn to make some room for himself. And I think he is. So it's like, it's almost like I've watched him the last couple of games. Looks like he's a little bit meaner. He kind of gets it now. So he goes in there and he hits and he hits hard and he's getting a little bit more room. So to the point of developing, it's like we, a lot of times it just takes, maybe he was not his nature to be rough. Maybe he was a little bit intimidated because he was 16 or 17 at the time. Now that he's 19 and he goes, okay, now I can play this game. He's just made more confident and it's like, oh, this works. And then maybe it maybe takes that long to get it. But that's the thing is, you know, George said, I heard him talk on an interview one time, he goes, oh, everybody's in a rush. And understandable. That's the ego. The ego wants you to be. will step into a league, any league, play, get some power play. Coach, like I can do this, right? And sometimes, many times, oftentimes, you get looked over because the coach just trusts someone longer, or they're just better. They just still are. So year two comes. He's like, hey, "This is my year. This has got to be the year." And it's like you still get looked over. And it takes it takes mature. Players, determined players, um, players with a long-term outlook. Uh, the 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 players that you're just gonna stay at it. It's a it's a mindset to just look at it long-term and just do the work for a period of time. Because if you do it and you do it the right way, if you have the skill, you're gonna get to where you need to be. And then the next thing you know, you're 19 and you're running the power play and you can't come off the ice. Maybe 18. Some kids get fortunate or work hard or have the talent they get, or maybe the team's not as good. They just get opportunities. Like I'm not saying that that doesn't happen either, but. For the most, once you're, like in the in the junior leagues, once you're a 19-year-old, that's when you sh- should be counted on the most. That's when you're the true, the true you shows up. But now, but, so that, the next question is, because we when we talk about OHL and colleges, someone, who is that? Okay, nobody. Um, for the most part, pl- people are playing there with the goal of playing in the National Hockey League, right? That's... OHL, CHL, colleges, you know, that's that's one of the goals that most players have. So what you look at when you're playing is, oh, man, I, I, if I'm not on the power play, I'm not going to get points. If I'm not the penalty kill, people aren't going to notice me. If I don't do this, I need more because if not, I'm going to get screwed. It's going to be someone else's fault. But the neat thing is is that NHL scouts are not stupid. They know what they're looking for. They see what people do in certain situations. And does getting points help? For sure. If you get on the power play, you can show that aspect of it for sure. But if you're playing, if you're fourth line, if you're, if it's in your draft, you're in the fourth line, but you do your job well and the habits are there, the pro habits are there. You could be on a deep team. You're not going to get first, second line in minutes. So if you do it well, they see that. So that's where, you know, and that's why a lot of times people, someone will get drafted to a national hockey league team and people go, well, how did he get drafted? He get eight points and and 30 minutes. That's not a lot of penalty minutes or whatever. It's, but they see what they see. And then all of a sudden, later on, it reveals itself
0: that, oh, yeah, that, that was a good player. These NHL scouts aren't stupid, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, the, I think my, the, my moral of my story, bringing up the NCAA thing, because it was just, it was so nice to watch this game. It, it actually made me miss playing. This is the first time I missed playing wow. just because of the, it's one of the first times I've missed playing in a long time, just because the competitiveness, like how hard of a game it was, hard skating, hard hitting, gritty. And everybody was doing it that I'm watching. I'm just like, man, like this is fun. Like this is what I miss. I miss this like college hockey style game, playoff game where it's everyone's really competitive. And it was really nice to watch. So I was trying to, I was talking with our guys about a little bit after, and I was explaining some of the qualities that make those players as good as they are. Uh, And I want to talk about that a little bit from the college perspective of what I noticed. And then from the OHL perspective, you can talk about what you notice, like being a player that can be successful at that level, Um, because it's not the obvious skills, because everybody has the obvious skills, you know? Um, For example, all of our guys, like with our U18 team, it's like, I want it to be like bar down, snipe, dipsy doodle around a guy. The highlight reel is what they think is valuable, a lot of them. And that's what they're looking for. I can tell that's what they're looking for with the exception of a couple of guys on our team, which those are my favorite kind of players because they're doing that stuff that I know is transferable to a higher level. Like as we always talk about. So a couple of things just for me that I noticed in this game, um, Union versus Harvard was the passing. And I know you're big on passing and this is like one of the most taken for granted or not taken for granted, most overlooked skills I think in terms of when our kids are developing and I've learned a lot of this off of you you were the one that first pointed this out to me every single pass that these guys are making every single high high percentage of these passes without effort are on the tape and they're hard they're crisp they're not floating whether it even if it's a sauce it's like it's it's a well-timed sauce it's when it was appropriate it's it's they're not forcing plays when lanes aren't there they're opening up passing lanes by changing angles and a lot of it looks like it's taken for granted where they can just do it without thinking about it because they've just developed the skill, right? That's one. And then the second one that I noticed, these are kind of the big one too. And then you could throw your thoughts on it was that guys are just moving their feet constantly. There is no coasting. There's no, there's very little gliding. As soon as the puck moves, the closest guy is, is now after it. As soon as it moves again, the closest guys after it. if there's a loose puck, they're after it. Guys are just constantly moving. They're constantly moving. And those are the two big ones. There's the next tier of it would be, you know, like finishing your hits, good sticks, like sticks on hands, breaking up plays, gapping up quickly, all those little things that you don't really learn to appreciate or even really know about until you've had a good coach or you've played at a higher level where the coach bakes it into you. Um, We were looking at video the other day from, it was a Michigan, Michigan State game and Again, they just have their systems tightened up. Like everyone knows what they're supposed to be doing. But each individual player, when it came to their roles and responsibilities, one thing I noticed is how well they can gap on guys. Where as soon as the sword out happens in their D zone, for example, it's like everyone's right next to their guy. Everyone finds him. It's just like a magnet, like they're right on him. As soon as the puck is anywhere near it, everyone's in work mode now. Everyone's got their shovel and they're just going at it to dig pucks out. So um, none of that stuff is the sexy stuff it's not i'm not talking about shooting i'm not talking about deking i'm not talking about wow what a great skater like i'm not talking about any of that stuff because all that stuff is like baseline you know so those are the things that i noticed from the college game so you can either talk a little bit about those skills if you want and then go the OHL.
1: yeah so like, let's just go with the passing right so just to take that as a skill from 16 to 26 you've been passing a lot more you're a lot stronger you've seen Things reveal itself a whole lot more, so that's just one thing, right? You've been maybe for ten extra years or five extra years, you've been uh, putting one times on, and your coach has been saying, "Put in his feet so he can shoot it." So now it like sinks in. You're a little bit more mentally more mature to absorb the the meaning of what uh, some of the instruction is as well, right? So that maybe the details of the games just start to get okay. I'm, I'm I actually understand what it means now. You're not thinking. I'm not saying that you wouldn't think individually, but I think you're thinking more along of, of being a, a team in the team concept team winning right So from the passing from the passing, I mean you just look at every level as you get older, the passes are a little bit crisper, a little bit harder, right you've, you've taken instead of one year of hard passes, you've, ta- you've had eight years of it or six. so that's that, that seems to be it makes sense to me. Um, and then just size and strength. The other part of it, again, I think that's when you said getting on loose pucks uh, quicker, all that stuff. Again, that's a maturity thing. And I think it's uh, less knowing that they have to do their job. And, and you got 28 games to do a really good job. And you're more mature. And and you have the coaches that are, like I said, you, the systems are so important there. And I think that it's just a mental maturity thing. That's yeah, you've what value, I believe. You've
0: learned to value that now because you're older.
1: Right, right, right. So that's number one. So, whereas you get in the OHL, CHL, any junior league, really, 16 years old, 17 years old is still a young hockey player, right? So, you haven't, you might be thousands of passes difference from that other guy, right? And, and you're still not that, not as strong. You're learning, you know, the other thing is that hard to find. Um, no, I wouldn't say hard to find, but it's it's you're less likely to find a, a team full of at uh, sixty like an OHL a team full of players that are all about the team. It's mostly about themselves getting drafted, signing a contract, look at me, uh, and and learning to be a team player. Truly, like truly, everyone says that they are, but truly, when the you know do you, can you accept that that guy. He will score on the power play, and he's better than you at it. If you do your job, it helps the team. Like, it's it's that. I think the, the the younger you are, the less likely that that's going to be. So when you see that, you know, like the rising tide raises all ships on the ice, that's why you'll see the older guys playing hard. That's why in the NHL, too, it's their job, too. Um, and and talking about the uh, – these are the, uh, the not the sexy things. I just got a text from Dale today, so he's – one of uh, my buddies that I work with a little bit. Um, and he said, so we talked about, this is PJ Stock said, I, I don't know if it was on an article or a uh, podcast. He said, he watching three games right now. This is, I'm trying to see the date of this. Uh, Twenty. That was yesterday, 27th. Yeah. PJ Stock, I think I've heard him say this before. You hear this a lot watching three games at a time right now so this is NHL hockey crazy almost every young player in the game plays the same you can switch jerseys with 20 of the teams in the league and you wouldn't know the difference what happened to a checker a role player a grinder someone that throws a hit right so well, we have, we talk about it all the time and it's and and it's um they're dying for people that are willing to do that. So when we, when, when, when I talk with kids or talk with players and say like, number one, be like, be the player that you are 100%. You could be a goal scorer. You could be skilled out the wazoo, but don't forget that number one, be good in your D zone. Be good at the simple things of peeling pox off the hard, hard, hard work. Um, you know, getting out of your zone making a clean exit getting making clean entries and then be physical so you got so many nhl players saying that exactly that everybody looks the same it's like a vanilla bucket of vanilla out there it's really good hockey players but it's like if you want to stand out be really good at that so now to your point those the 26 year olds or the 24 year olds in colleges that that work on that side of it it's not to take away that you can't score goals, but it's it's being able to get that puck out, not once in a while, but like under any circumstance, pretty much, you, you can count on that guy getting out. That's what an NHL third, fourth liner is. But now if you add the physical side to it, you've got th- th- like p- players have worked so hard or spent so much time on all the stuff that is highlight, but the highlights don't happen. That happens a little bit here and there. That's why they're highlights. That's why they're highlights. It's 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 stop the guy from making a highlight, right? It's the the guy that does the simple things and makes it hard on other players to play, is 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 kind of like we said I think a couple podcasts ago is the new high skilled guy because you you value high skill, but now they value and that's why okay so now the newest I'm not saying this is what you want to be because I I caught, in a way feel for this kid but like. The new kid that has been called up to New York, Matt Rempe. So he's six foot eight, right? Six foot eight, first shift fought Matt Martin, one of our guys on the wall here. And then, it, like in five games, had three fights. And and okay, so that's that's a way to do it. Um, it's a, and definitely, I know people say, well, that's not. Hey, okay, it's not hockey then. Whatever, sure. He's making a living now. Now it's not. It's 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 almost out of the ordinary right now to be that guy. It was like Arbor Jacky when he stepped in a couple of years ago and he got you know got some scraps and um, but why do you think they're signing them if they just if everyone's talking about skill 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 because there's not enough of that anymore. And am I talking about fighting? No and yes, but what about the Jacob Trubas? Do you want him on your team or not? Like he's not necessarily overly flashy, but God, you don't want to come down his side. You can take your head off. And that's what is missing a lot in this game is just that hard-nosed guy that's hard to play against. And when you see these guys on the ice, we, like you can look at the in, in the media and stuff, it's like when these guys do their thing, just being hard on pucks, finishing hard hits and stuff like that, it's like they're in the media and people talk about them like it's it's something new, right? Because, well, it's new again. It's new again. It's just like it's it's and, and honestly, it, you know, you could say it's not glamorous, but it kind of is. Yeah, yeah. It, is new. it used it used to be like everybody was like, if, if you didn't finish a check in in the eighties and nineties, it was like what, like, what's wrong with you? You can't play here. But now, it's stick on puck, which is important. Like, there's always extremes, right? But I think hockey always comes back to the basics. Yeah.
0: Well, I was gonna say like my advice my advice definitely is not to, you know, go in and be exactly like everyone else and the things that we're saying, like, you know, there's a, there's a baseline that you need to hit. And for me looking at the, if I focus more on the college game, um, it's that, it's that passing and feet moving thing that is really, really important that I feel is lacking. And then after you hit that, you hit those, those check, you check those boxes. Now find your thing. That will make you not be like everyone else. And that, that is the formula really is make sure that your individual skill set is up to par with your shooting, passing, skating, physicality, how you're playing the game, moving your feet, those things off walls. But then you need to find a little pocket, find a little pocket of something where maybe it's just on your team. Like maybe on your team, they have a physical guy and you need to find a different thing that your team doesn't already have to stand out, but you have to find that, that next element that you're at baseline with everybody. But then this little part of you is what is particularly valuable. Yeah, that's the separator. And that's, that's what you want. Everybody is at baseline. That's what you need to understand is that every level you move up, everyone on your team provided it's a high enough level will be at baseline. So if you're just baseline, now you're vanilla and maybe baseline the year before you were standing out because not everyone was up to that level. Know, but every level you jump, that baseline is now higher. It's higher and higher and higher and higher. So you still need some kind of a separator. You have to find one, and you see that you see that sometimes with guys that are are um, changing their roles as they move up. You know, we've talked about Chris Draper and how he did that when he he went from being a scorer to a shut it down guy and stuff like that. You know, so
1: so adding to that is the baseline, right? So would you? I think. No, I'm trying to put a sentence together here. I'm trying to actually sound smart. I don't know if that's going to happen. But you. so you want to have some grit, like we're talking about that quote or whatever. You want to have some grit. You want to stand out in a different way. Now, you could be a kid. Uh, you you still have to play. So you can go out there and just run around and hammer people and stuff like that. That's not going to be good enough. That You don't meet the baseline. But here's the question. We talk about this and talk about this a lot of times. Would you rather take a team full of guys that will run around and hit everything and block shots and chip it out and be as gritty as you possibly be or a bunch of guys that are super skilled? And for me, I mean, you have to have some, but I know that if a kid has the heart to go out and sacrifice his body or things that that make the team better that help the team that c- c- will hit will block the shots and all that stuff over time if that kid also does a lot of shooting and stick handling and, and get himself to a certain level i'd rather have a lot of those guys than just the skill guys i know and i know you need like you know someone's gonna say well you can't just be a meathead no but i'd rather have guys with that would that that would have the that aggressiveness in them and teach them some skill Rather than trying to find someone that is not willing to, that doesn't like to have the, the rough game and try to make them have that, right? I find it's a lot, um, I think you can do more in some, sometimes.
0: Well, especially the younger too, like the younger they are, like skills need to be developed. Individual skills need to be, be developed where that element of being gritty and being tough is, a, I think, harder to teach. That's a harder thing right. to, yeah, right? So I think that's kind of more more what you're what you're saying. My my last thing here that I wanted to finish on um, is I got a, a really a nice message from someone that um kid has been to some of our camps and uh, the mom sent a note about how their season is going and saying that the kid's having a, a tough season. And she's had a bunch of different questions, but I'm going to just finish on one comment because we could probably do a whole podcast on kind of what she was asking. But maybe we'll go into this more next week as well. But she was saying that you know, my kid goes to this, he's at uh, an academy and he plays for a triple A team. And um, she was saying, you know, we're doing all of this stuff and it just seems like it's too much of not enough. That's how she was saying it too much. So we're doing too much, but it's not actually becoming anything. So we're on the ice a lot. We're doing all this skill stuff. We're doing all these workouts. Like on paper, we're doing so much that should be improving the kids play, but she says I'm not seeing the improvement. So it's I'm doing too much, but it's almost like it's still not enough. Like, do I need to do more? Is like what is what she was asking, and and this is the this is the thing that um I guess tying it into kind of what we're talking about today. Maybe I want to talk more about it maybe next week, but for today it's kind of like, are you doing the right things, and are you doing are you working on the things that the kid needs to work on if the goal is to play higher level or, or still move on in hockey or stick at triple a or big. Yeah. Right. And that was kind of a, an interesting way of, of saying it. And I want to kind of give that Quetler, or leave that question with people to finish off is, are you doing too much of not enough? Are you doing all this stuff, but not seeing the actual tangible result on the ice when your kid plays? Because it's, that's a very common question. I just hadn't heard someone say it like this before, which I thought was an interesting way of putting it. We're doing all this stuff and it still isn't enough. So it's like, well, maybe you're not doing the right stuff, you know? And I think that's a really common problem with youth hockey and how people think about their kids developing. Um, I'm going to post this at some point too on our social media. It was from Gary Roberts. He was talking about players becoming pros and what it takes. And he just said something along the lines of the hardest thing to do is convince them that they don't need to be on the ice. That was, that was the, he's like, that is the hardest thing. For us to get through people's heads that to be great doesn't mean you have to be on the ice more and more and more and more and more. And that was something he learned as a pro coming back from his injury because he had to retire early because he had to think it was a neck injury. and then he ended up rehabbing himself and came back. He worked with Charles Quinn and all this. Um, and coming from him, this is arguably the most elite uh, training company for pro players that exists right now from his Gary Roberts uh, program. And him, that's him saying that, you know, coming from him where they're pumping out NHL players. It's like the hardest thing to do is convince them that you don't need to just be on the ice, you know? And so that's kind of my thing I wanted to say to leave off for this episode is kind of, do you feel like you're doing too much and it's not enough still? And if that's the case, then maybe the approach is wrong. Maybe we're focusing on the wrong things because if you want to work up and and play college, get a scholarship, play in the OHL, these skills that we're talking about, a lot of them aren't what you're getting on the ice with your guys and and even if you are maybe the quality's not there so that's kind of the, the questions that you can start to ask yourself if your kid has a goal of you know moving on to one of those levels so if you want to finish finish with your thoughts maybe on that or whatever and-
1: well you know i'm 100 percent agreement with that there's a time and place to, to to be on the ice there's a time and place to um to to get heavily involved in trying to be the best player that you can be but like we always say this like when when, when i look at people doing their Camps and their skills and stuff—it's like a whole lot of nothing, right? I've seen guys just run a drill, and I'm—I'm going, I don't know what you're doing. Like, I—I I actually can't follow it. And if I can, I don't know what, why uh, you, what's it for? I'm not—I can't figure out what is going to make this kid better. Now, if it was a one-off, because it would just wanted to do a whole bunch of skill stuff, get used to, you know, proprioception and getting your you know being in weird positions and doing it fast and because that stuff happens in a game right you, you know I've I, I told kids before we use like if I do a, a day where we do a lot of pull-in stuff or toe drags if you call it like that I don't do it so you can go down the ice and toe drag I do it for the the one time where maybe you're, there's a pile and you have to pull it and maybe flip it over a body well that's a, that's a pull in right like or, or pulling it out of a pile or it is to you see it in a game where you can pull it and shoot or whatever but there's so much emphasis on that Fancy, fancy stuff that that's not going to make you a better hockey player. It's not. It's going to be it, like it will help you in that instant where you need it, which is good. Which is good, man. I'm not. I'm not even saying it's bad. But that shouldn't be your focus. And that's why P.J. Stock can put that out there and say like, everyone looks the same because everyone's kind of doing the same. Everyone's following everybody else, and that guy's getting another hour of ice. Well, I need another hour because he's going to be better. It goes to that lady's point is we're doing a whole bunch of. So should we do more of nothing, right? And then to go, and then exactly to come full circle is what Gary Roberts said is like people think that they need to be on the ice all the time. And as we say, not we, like if you listen to people that have played the game, yeah, you know, like we were, t- I was talking to five scouts be- at the end of last summer, getting advice on a player because I work with them. And one said, keep them off the ice. Okay, that was one. Do yoga workout and all that stuff but just yoga get the body moving free i said okay well that's i get it i'm not going to tell this player to never not skate until august that's not the smartest had another one say don't take them off the ice keep them with a power skating coach and all that stuff i said okay that's not the right thing either and i had three four different answers but the most of them were leaning towards get off the ice or be very the skating i was like be very specific. So it's like the specific that's that word, specificity, specificity, right? And getting off the ice because, and I'm sure what Gary Roberts was saying in in my words would be, get yourself out of that. As as the guy in uh, Chad Drummond in Edmonton said, get yourself out of that fishing pole body, right? Straighten yourself out, rehab yourself, give your hip flexors a, a breather, um, and and do other things. In sports so that maybe it's getting stronger getting faster all those things don't just wear yourself in hockey and then last piece of that is like you you actually if you're gonna be and this is where i your point with college where you're, you're kind of intrigued is like i think there's a hunger to play that next game so i always think it's very important that people are hungry to get on the ice more is not always better in fact i think a lot of times it's when you're young it's fine to get out there and stuff but once you're once you're if you're, if you're not seeing a huge difference on the ice, playmaking away from the puck, all these things, then you might want to take a look and maybe dial it back a little bit.
0: Cool. Um, I think I'm good. I think that was a good talk. I think oh. it was a good little talk. Yeah, it was, it was a talk.
1: It was more of a talk today. I know
0: it was fun. Conversation. Yeah, it's good. Good shit. Okay. Uh, next week we'll see you guys then. Goodbye.